We're starting a brand new series today called Different. Different because normal isn't working. We used to have some bumper stickers over a decade or two ago that I still see them around on cars. Uh, some of them are upside down. Normal isn't working. And uh, has this year not been one of the strangest years ever? Yes. I mean, the year 220. A lot can happen in a few months' time, and sometimes it's not all good. I mean, first we were hit with this COVID pandemic that who knows when it'll be fully, it'll fully disappear, be gone. And then we had the rise of racial tension in our country, and then on top of that, we had this extreme, we have this, still have this extreme political polarization, polarization, I can get it out of my lips, uh, going on in our country, and which, has become even more extreme than normal, hasn't it? I mean, there's no doubt what each side believes. It just kind of, it's out there now, isn't it? And uh, you add those three together, the COVID pandemic, the racial tension, and, and, and the new election year with extreme uh, political polarization, and it makes for a very volatile world in which you and I live in. Have you noticed normal isn't working? What is normal? Well, I've got a list there you can put up. It's become normal to live in fear, you know, uncertainty, unrest. It's become normal to live uh, in, uh, with divisiveness and hate. I mean, it's just gotten crazy. I mean, who would have thought that we would see a day in America where Violence was actually being encouraged and accepted. And we live in a world where there's increasingly, that's increasingly pulling away from God and the things of God. What's, what is normal? It's become normal to be irrational. <laughs> I mean, who'd have thought that we'd see a day in America where our larger cities would choose to defund the police? I mean, have we completely lost our minds all common sense. That's not a political statement. That's just an irrational, rational statement. I mean, are, are there some bad cops out there? Yeah, sure there are. But isn't that true with all of our professions? I mean, think for a moment, whatever profession you work in, whether you're in retail or you're in a construction worker or you're in a medical field or administration, do you have a few bad people in your profession? Of course you do. That doesn't mean you go and defund everyone who works in that profession. We completely lost all common sense. And it has become normal to become offended. Some of you probably just got offended. <laughs> if you don't say something just right, or you don't agree with a certain group that believes different than you, then you're automatically branded a hater. become normal for many Christians now to live in isolation, which of course is the exact opposite of what we read in the book of Acts, chapter 2, our model where the Bible says all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching like we're doing right here this morning, and they met together also in other, each other's homes, and they shared meals together, and they prayed together on a consistent basis. You know, it was God who created the idea 
of Christ followers moving out of isolation and in, uh, into living a life connected together in the family of God. What is normal? Normal is the pursuit of material things, uh, greed, you know, of course, which never brings satisfaction, it never delivers, it never gives the happiness that we actually are looking for. Normal uh, has become, um, well, broke, in debt. Normal thinking has become, well, you know, I don't have the money to purchase that thing, whatever it is that I want, but I'll just go ahead and put it on my credit card and pay high interest for it for several years. Normal thinking has become, well, we'll just always have a car payment, we'll just always be broke, we'll just always be a slave to debt, and we'll always have financial stress in our lives. And that's not biblical. Let me ask you something. Again, I already asked you, but have you noticed normal isn't working? You don't have to have God's spirit in you to discern that one. And most of the world is thinking, man, I can't wait until 2020 is over. Let's wish it away. But I want you to think with me for a moment. What if you and I began to think of what's happening all around us in a completely different way? What if we began thinking about this dark and uneasy season that we're in in a different way? What if as Christ followers, we actually began looking at this as an opportunity to shine brighter, the things of God, the glory of God, and to love greater? What if as Christ followers, instead of living in fear or being stressed out all the time like the rest of the world, instead of being becoming more cynical like the rest of the world? What if instead of allowing what's happening all around us to suck every ounce of joy out of our lives, what if, what if we begin looking at this as God is at work? Instead of, let's, let's just move on and wish 2020 away. What if we began looking at this as a great opportunity to be the light of Jesus in a dark and depraved generation that desperately needs Jesus. Spreading the hope of Jesus in everyone around us. Everywhere in your sphere of influence. Light shines bright in darkness. What if we, the church, began seeing this as an opportunity to be different? To be different. Yes, these are difficult days that we live in, and sure, it's, it's not a very pleasant time in the history of our country, but it is a great time for the church to be the church, amen? amen. It's a great time to witness God at work rousing a deaf world who needs Jesus. I like the way uh, C.S. Lewis put it. He says, quote, God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks in our conscience, but he shouts in our pains, his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. And the truth is we're living in some of the most exciting days ever for being a Christ follower and God is at work and he's using all of this to wake up the church in America. I believe that. The first time in, in my 35 years of ministry, the American church as a whole is being tested. 
And everybody uh, is going to soon understand what it really means to follow Jesus. And I, for one, get kind of excited about that. Uh, Normal isn't working. And here's an opportunity for God's people to be different. And this eight-week series that we're launching, uh, we're going to look at how we as believers in Christ, we can stay calm and poised and be prepared as this country uh, that we live in. It's probably going to get more crazy. I mean, you just wait till election day. It doesn't matter who wins. It's going to get crazier. And it's going to become more evil. So how do you know that? Well, I read my Bible. <laughs> and how God is refining his church to learn, help us to learn to love deeper, stay focused on our mission, spreading the hope of Christ in the midst of a chaotic world. You know, the big idea behind this series is to help prepare you for the days ahead. And I can't remember a series I've been more excited about, and I feel like we're more right on tune of what God would have us to speak than this series of being different. And to get our mind right and prepare for the days ahead. And I just want to encourage you. Some of you, maybe you, you know, you, we, do, we do two of these life group series every week. We do a following growth series like we're doing now, and we'll do one in the spring. And some of you participate in all of them. Some of you participate in some of them. Some of you, you're so independent, you don't, you don't participate in any of them. You'll go do your own thing. And there's nothing wrong with doing your own thing, but if you're always doing your own thing, there's, there's an independent spirit in you that God needs to deal with. And I just want to encourage you to maybe just pray about it and think about, okay, let's do what, what the church is doing here one time. Let's be a team. And uh, so write this down if you're not taking notes. Don't think like normal people think. Don't think like normal people think. Why? Because normal isn't working. The Bible says, as a man thinks, so is he. In other words, what you think determines what you become. And that's true. So don't think like normal people think. And secondly, the big idea uh, we'll be getting across here in this series is don't live like normal people live. Don't live like normal people live. If you really take the scriptures seriously and pursue and pursuing God, you're not going to live like normal people live. You'll live different than the world. Um, you won't look like everybody else in your life. Uh, you won't act like everybody else. You won't live like everybody else. Uh, and, and I submit to you, if, if, if you do look like the world, you probably don't truly know the God of this Bible. You do not have an intimate relationship with him because the more you and I pursue Christ, the more different we're going to become. Uh, your values are going to change. Your, your motives that you have will change. The way you live changes. Uh, and I'm not just making this stuff up. I mean, it's, it's what God's Word says. Look, look at Romans 12, 2, which is our text today. Romans 12, 2 says, don't live any longer the way this world lives. In other words, don't live like normal people. It's not wise. Normal isn't working. Don't live 
any longer the way this world lives. Let your way of thinking be completely changed. Then you will be able to test what God wants for you, and you will agree that what he wants is right. Absolutely love the message, which is kind of a devotional paraphrase, that they, the way they wrote this verse. Check it out. Eugene Peterson says, don't become so well-adjusted in your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Wouldn't you agree that a lot of people, a lot of folks today just fit into the culture without even thinking and call themselves a Christian? And the Bible says, instead, fix your attention on God, not on everybody else, and don't get caught up in all the hate and the angry people. Uh, instead, fix your attention on God, uh, not on the 6 o'clock, 6.30 news. I mean, there is a whole slew of Christians who are out there being discipled by their favorite news channel. And you're thinking that's the hope of the world. Instead, fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. You see, growing, a growing Christ follower don't think like normal people think. A growing Christ follower don't live like normal people live. Normal isn't working. We're called to be different in a good way. Uh, we, we've been called to stand out, to, to look different than a world and our lives to be different. Uh, people should be able to look at you and I and say, I knew there was something different about him. I knew there was something different about her. Look at this next verse in 1 Peter 1.1. 1, 1. I love it. It's really a, the text that was set up that last song that they sang. I'm on my way home. No doubt about it. 1 Peter 1.1 1, 1 says this letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, I am writing to God's chosen people who are living as what? As say it with me, foreigners. The Greek word here for foreigners is translated in many uh, ways depending on uh, what Bible translation you have. Some of your translations will say exiles uh, or aliens or strangers or foreigners. In other words, we need to understand and we need to remember that this broken, messed up world that we live in, this is not our home. This is, this is not our final destination. I mean, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're a stranger, he says, in this world. You're different. And this is not your final dwelling place. I mean, we're, we're only here for a little while, and, then, and we're just passing through. But while we're here, we're to stay focused on loving God and loving people, and that includes uh, lost people who need to hear the good news and, and need to see it lived out in people like you and I. In 1 John 4, it just lays this out so beautifully. God is love. And all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our, our love grows more perfect. Our love grows more perfect. Don't miss what he's saying here. He's saying the more you love Jesus, the more you'll look like Jesus' love. The more you love Jesus, the more you will look like Jesus' love. And that's so essential in a culture where the last thing people want to do is love and care for one another. All we want to do is think about ourselves. 
Our culture teaches that if somebody punches you, at, uh, then you need to punch back harder. Isn't that true? And that's not the way of Jesus. The way of Jesus is as we live in God, our love grows more and more perfect. The more you love Jesus, the more you'll look like Jesus' love, which means you're going to stand out from this world. You're going to be different. Jesus said, we are to be in the world, but not of the world. He said, you, you and I don't belong to the world any more than he belongs to the world. Therefore, don't get attached to it because he is passing through. And in the moment you get attached to something, it becomes an idol. And what maybe could have been good in your life becomes tainted because he's not first anymore. Be different. You and I, we've been given a mission. We've been sent, the Bible says, into this world. And yes, we are to be in the world, but not of the world. Jesus ate with sinners, and you and I should too. But he did not sin with them. And it's important that you know the difference. Uh, We're not to fit into culture without even thinking. We're to be different. 1 John 2.15 says, check this out. Do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only the craving for pleasure, physical pleasure, craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from the world, this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. And Colossians would, would affirm this same thought when it says, set your affections on things above, not on things on earth. We're to be different. You'll have different values than those around you when you're following Jesus. You, you'll have different morals than other people. You'll have different belief system. You'll, have, uh, you'll be a different mom. You'll be a different dad. You'll, you'll be a different husband. You'll be a different wife. And you'll be different in a way that you raise your children. You'll be different in the way that you relate to other people. You'll be different in the way that you deal with those who mistreat you. You'll be different in the way that you handle your your funds, your, your money, and you won't even think of it as your money. You'll just say, well, I'm supposed to be a steward of this. This is all from him. You'll be different in a way that you spend your time. Why? Because this world is not your home. We're called to be different. In this series, we're going to learn how to think and how to be different than the culture we live in. And it's an eight-week series. Uh, I've listed some titles here. Uh, the eight messages and, and just note this is not the order in which we're going to teach them. Uh, we just like to surprise you when you show up on Sunday, okay? Uh, but here, number one, hope. We're going to talk about hope in a dark world. You know, God has given us, his followers, a different calling, a, a, a counter-cultural mission, and, and we are to be lights that shine in darkness, and, it, and, and we shine brighter as the world gets darker. At least we should um, if we're different. We're called to be dispensers of hope. 
and, and of love and grace. Number two, we're going to talk about faith in a fearful world. My goodness, that could be the whole series. These are unprecedented times that we are facing, and yet we serve a God who is unchanging. And one commandment given to us more than any other commandment in the Bible is to fear not. And then it's coupled with the promise God says, for I am with you, for I'm with you. Faith, faith isn't living in denial. Faith is, is facing the problem, but, but focusing on God. And who is bigger and who is greater? One of the most countercultural things you and I can do right now is choose to have faith over fear. Amen? And number three, unity in a divisive world. We're going to talk about that. I mean, just the last point could cause division. Good grief. But, uh, but it's scripture. Unity in a divisive world. You and I have been called to bring God's kingdom to earth through our unity as brothers and sisters in Christ. And as Christians, one of the most important jobs that God has given you and I is to promote unity. Uh, and how do we do that? Well, it starts with a decision to love others more than you love yourself. It, it starts with caring about others and honoring others, you know, more than your own preferences and inconveniences, more than your own desire to be right and more than your own desire to have it your way or whatever. Unity is the most precious gift to any church or organization. It's God's dream for his church. One faith, one hope, one baptism, one Lord, one Savior, one heart, and one mind. He loves unity, and he loves his people to be unified. Number four, we're going to talk about purity in an impure world. And we kind of got there already today in our scripture, didn't we? Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. What does purity mean? Why is it so important? Well, these are the things that we'll be looking at, purity in an impure world. And then... Uh, we're going we're gonna to look at a, at a message called financial freedom in a materialistic world. Financial freedom in a materialistic world. And I'm super excited about this message for you because one of the biggest desires that we have here uh, and the leaders here at Brandywine is to set you up and equip you to win. And one of the best ways uh, as a church that we can help uh, do that is to provide you with the right tools that will enable you to, to win. And, and which includes financially. Dave Ramsey has recently put out a new secure website that you can't get in unless you pay for it, and it's, it's kind of expensive, but, uh, with tools to help you take control of your, your money. And it comes at a cost, but Brandywine is going to cover that cost for you. And uh, I will say this, just a little hint out here. Every person who makes an effort to be here for our financial freedom message, we'll be, giving, be given a two-year access to Dave Ramsey's new online toolbox. All right? It's like a 200, yeah, you can, it's like a $200 gift value to each person. And we want to help set you up to win. And we want to help you get out of debt, to learn how to save, just how to live financially free so you can be a blessing to others and not live strapped and 
and as a slave, the Bible would say. All right, number six, uh, we're going to talk about wise planning in an unprepared world. I've never preached on this. Uh, the staff kind of looked a little funny at me when I even decided it. But it's okay biblically. We need to ask this. Is it okay biblically for Christians to stock up on a few things? Is it okay to store some things back for an unknown future? Does planning and purchasing some things ahead mean I'm not trusting God to provide for me in the future? And uh, obviously there is a balance there, isn't there? And is, is there a difference between hoarding versus biblical wise planning? Well, yes, there is. In this message, we will learn the difference, the biblical difference between the two. All right? Uh, number seven, uh, living offended in an overly sensitive world. I know that doesn't apply to our culture today, but in Matthew 24, 10, Jesus said one of the signs of the last days would be the fact that many would be offended. <laughs> Are you easily offended? You know somebody, somebody who is easily offended? You know, being offended keeps us from growing spiritually and maturing. And it keeps us from being a, a, bless, a blessing and being blessed. Uh, choosing to overlook an offense is one of the wisest decisions you'll ever make. And so we're going to talk about that. And then uh, it's eight weeks, so we're also going to talk about community in an isolated world. But before we get into more of that, I, I, I just want to highlight um, 1 Peter 1.6. Check it out with me. It says, so be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while, he said these trials will show that your faith is genuine. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. Now think about this with me. He says these trials will show that your faith is genuine. If there is such a thing as genuine faith, then there must also be the opposite, right? If there is a genuine faith, there must also be a false faith, or what the Bible calls a shallow faith. Jesus talked about this in a story where he uh, told in Matthew chapter 13, he said a farmer went out to sow some seeds, to plant some seeds, and he said, but the roots didn't grow down deep enough, talking about a shallow faith. And so Jesus said the worries and the distractions of the world and the deceitfulness, the superficial pleasures and delight of riches choked out the world. It did a Reggie Miller. It, it choked out and yielded no fruit. Anytime you become more concerned about the things of this world, the worries of this world, the deceitfulness of wealth, the love for the things of this world, then you're not going to be different than the world. And Jesus says, what, what you have then is a shallow faith. Your roots have not gone down deep in the soil. And you know what? I have seen this as a pastor. I've been pastoring for 35 years. I've seen this played out a thousand times over the years. Sometimes, someone seems to be all excited about God and their new faith, newfound faith. They get baptized. They're in a church for a while, and, and then after a few months, 
Somebody goes, well, what happened to so-and-so? Where are they at? They're not even here any longer in church. And their faith was never rooted into a deep soil. It was a shallow faith, as the scripture would say. And I bring this up because here is a biblical way for you and I to prevent this from ever happening in our lives and other people's lives. The fact is, you need something that's gonna give you the strength that you need seven days a week to fight the devil. And that's why we talk about life groups around here so much. That's why we'll be doing a message completely on community in an isolated world because life groups or small groups, whatever you wanna call them, cell groups, are really what I believe are the purest form of the church. In Acts 2, you read, again, the Bible, the disciples of Jesus not only met in the temple courts like we are here on Sunday morning, but they also met in their homes from house to house. And they get together on a regular basis to experience authentic, genuine community. And it's when we do life together with other believers that our roots go down deep in the soil. Authentic community moves us out of self-centeredness and out of self-isolation into genuine community. We're together, we're studying God's word with one another, we're praying for one another, we're caring for one another. And that way, if, if any of us should ever start to stray, and you have this inner circle of Jesus followers already in place going, no, 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 get back here. You come back, get back here where your roots can grow down deep. We all need that kind of accountability in our lives. And we need that kind of group of people who loves us enough to say, you got finished right there in your teeth. <laughs> you need to get that stuff out. And there's some of you listening that need to hear this because you're, you're kind of here. You're kind, you kind of come or you kind of watch or you kind of listen. But you need to take a step forward before the devil takes you out. And let me say it again. You need to take a step forward before the devil takes you out. I say that because I love you. Church, in a biblical sense, is not listening to a podcast. Church is a body of Christ where we gather, whether it be corporately like we are here and worship together, or in a small group, a fellowship together in order to strengthen one another. That's God's plan. That's what we read about in his word. And so I say all that to say, hey, today we got a group fair. <laughs> uh, a group fair and it's in the parking lot. You'll see the two black tents out there on your way out in the large parking lot. And we already have over 50 groups formed. We're hoping to form more. And we already had 40 some groups formed before we even did life groups. So we're a group church and uh, we're a biblical church. Uh, we're also doing a new host briefing for those interested in gathering with a few friends. And this, anybody can do this. I know it sounds intimidating when we have to put the word host, but it's not. I mean, you can gather, get somebody else that's intimidated with you and do it together. All right? And all you're doing, you don't have to answer all the questions when somebody asks a question. I all the time say, I don't know. Hey, why don't, why don't we find out? And we'll talk about it next week. Somebody do some research. Somebody ask somebody. You don't have to know all the questions, the answers. 
But uh, we do need hosts because we're in a season now where people need to get out of isolation and into community. And so simply join Pastor Matt down here in the front seats after this service just for a brief, it's got to be brief because we got another service, right? Um, so if you'd like to be a host, and did you get one of these as you came in? It's a, uh, it's what we call a commitment card. And so t- take that out right now. If you did not get one, raise your hand and they'll get you one. But I just want to say this. Yeah, there's hands over here, so... Somebody can help us out. Just keep your hand high and we'll bring you a a commitment card. We become what we are committed to. And there are a lot of different things in this world that you can commit to and you can give your time to. And a lot of them are good things, but a lot of them are distractions. Distractions of the world that will produce shallow faith. And they will choke out the word and yield no fruit in your life. And so I just want to encourage you, if you want to grow, we only do this two times a year where we get into groups and make a run, and this one's an eight-week run. If you want to grow, choose wisely. Choose wisely. Yeah, raise your hand and they'll get those to you. And let me just mention, um, we'll go ahead and fill those out. You can check off your, and then just Sign your, well, once you print your name, we'll at least know who you are. Um, and then we'll have your email address. And on your way out today, there's buckets at all four exits. And you just put this in the bucket. It's, it's a com- commitment between you and God, a covenant to grow. Say, I want to grow. And let me mention a couple more things that will help you to grow deeper in your faith as you're filling out that card. Uh, I mentioned it last Sunday at the end of our service, but... We have a class here called Belong, an introduction to our church family. Every Christian needs a family which they belong to, a local church. 90-some percent of the time when it says church in the Bible, it's a local church. Uh, The church is not a building. The church is a family. And a Christian without a church is like somebody without an, uh, like an orphan. And as we grow as a Christian, it's by getting connected into a church family. This will help your roots go down deeper as well. So it's called Belong, an introduction to our church family. What do you do? Well, you come back after second service today, have lunch with us, and uh, it's about a 90-minute class. All right. Also want to mention another class that starts tonight. And all these just help you get rooted and, and grounded in your work in, in, in your faith. And it's called theology class, knowing what you believe. You got to know what you believe. It's a theology, the study of what, what we know about God. That sounds like a pretty good class, doesn't it? Studying what we know about God. And that starts tonight at 630. It's one of uh, my favorite classes that we offer here. It's through Mark Tab. He does a fantastic job. I encourage it. If you haven't taken it, just show up tonight at 630 here at the church and we'll get you plugged in. All right. We are still doing baptisms. We'll be doing baptisms after, I know after the second service. If you want to get baptized after this service, just let us know. We'll figure out a way to do it. Uh, but I encourage you to not delay. It just keeps getting colder every week. <laughs> All right? Be obedient. You feel the Spirit prompting you? Take that next step of obedience. And every time you obey the Spirit, you grow deeper in your faith. Deeper. 
okay? Um, Let's pray. Let's pray together. God, thank you for your church, a place that we, you design for us to grow deeper and to get grounded in our faith. And God, I pray for those who are maybe realizing today that they, their faith is not going very deep. It's kind of shallow. And Father, thank you for helping us to recognize that. That's your spirit of love just speaking to us. And if that's you today, I just want to invite you to say, God, I, I, I need you to put, I need to put Christ at the center of my life. And I want to commit my life to you today. Well, here's the good news. Jesus said, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But you got to make him Lord and you got to confess. You got to believe. He said, come to me. You don't have to do anything. You just come to him. You don't have to make any changes yourself. He'll do that. We can't do that anyway. He'll do that with his resurrection power in us. So he says, come to me just as you are. He says, I love you, and I'll forgive you of your sins, and I'll make you brand new, make you become a brand new person. So just pray and tell him that if that's, if that's your heart. Say, God, I need your grace today. Save me, forgive me. Take my life, I give it to you. Say, God, give me a genuine faith, a faith that goes down deep. Make me new. Fill me with your spirit so I can get to know you, I can serve you, I can follow you, I can help make a difference in this this world. Help me be different from this world so I can live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Can we celebrate what God's doing in our hearts and lives?